some of the most iconic performances of all time. Personally, in my opinion, the best cast Nolan has worked with. Every time you watched it, you're like, whoa, every time you learn something new and you mm -hmm. learn something new. But I think that Nolan's writing is at its best, and particularly in this movie when he's writing with his partner, his brother, Jonathan Nolan. I'm gonna say this is the most complete Nolan film. Welcome to Backseat Directing. Where we talk about movies, TV shows, comics, and more. We're your hosts, Andrew and Aaron, with Camilla. We post new episodes every Monday and Thursday. And on this episode, we're doing a Nolan film debate. Three, two, one. Action. Today, Andrew, we have a very special guest with us. We have a freelance videographer. She's a DP, a camera operator. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working with her on a few projects. Hopefully, we get to work together more. We have Camilla on the show today. Hi, thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome. Um, you want to tell our audience a little bit about you? Maybe some of your favorite movies or shows or... Yeah. Um, so I'm a freelance DP and camera operator in Tampa. And um, there's not a lot of women in the industry. So it's always nice to say that um, I'm a Hispanic, I'm Peruvian, and um, I'm female in the industry. So that's always exciting. Um, my favorite movies are like Christopher Nolan films for sure. So Interstellar would be my favorite movie ever. Um, and what a coincidence! Yeah. <laughs> well, that hey, that means two of us out of the three are arguing for our favorite movie of all time. Oh. Uh, Aaron, what about you? I really love this movie. Yeah. Not your favorite movie of all time? I don't know my favorite movie. Starting of all off time from right now. starting off from a bad stem, but uh, mm. you're saying <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, and I also love horror movies. Those are always fun too. I just watched the first three Scream movies oh, over the really? weekend. I've never seen them. Those are funny. They Those were, are good. <laughs> they were <laughs> laughing so hard. Honestly, <laughs> funny. It's as funny as so. That's weird. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of horror movies, and for no? you to first say like. Oh, those were funny. Well, they came out like 19... The first one was 1996, and yeah. they seem like they're like horror movies. Like They're just like really campy. Fans. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like made to like appreciate the tropes of horror movies. Like it knows it's a horror movie. It's almost like... It's like those Geico commercials. It, <laughs> I was, was going to say it's like Barbie. It's like self-aware and meta yes. in, in a way. It's kind of cool yeah. like the, that they do that. Yeah. Lots. I also love A24, like Hereditary. Was yeah. Oh my gosh, that's... Yeah. One of their best movies, for sure. I love A24. So, Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we're going to be doing today? All right. Today, we're the doing the great Nolan debate. The three of us have uh, different individual Nolan movies that we have picked as the best movie in his filmography. And we are going to argue and fight about which one of those is correct. Only one movie can be Nolan's best movie. I will be arguing personally for The Dark Knight, uh, the second movie in Nolan's trilogy for Batman. Aaron, I will be arguing for Inception. And Camilla, Interstellar. All right. So obviously, our audience already has their preconceived notion in their mind about which one of us is right. But we want you to wait, hear us out, watch this episode. You probably already have your own favorite Nolan movie, or it's not one of the ones that we didn't even pick, and you think we're all idiots. But we want you to listen to these arguments and comment on whatever social media platform you're on. Comment to vote for who you think argued the best who you think was right let us know and you can you can comment on more than one 
social media pro platform. So if you're on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, <coughs> wherever you're at, commenting multiple times will count as multiple votes for that team. So if you really feel that dedicated to your answer, make sure to hop over to other platforms and vote on there. We're backseat directing on all of our social media. Yeah, I will say right now, Camilla and I are at an advantage. Both of our movies start with in. So you're kind of out on your own little island right now. I was going to say that you guys were both at a disadvantage because for one, you're arguing against me. <laughs> and for two, you're arguing against possibly the best movie of all time. Okay, let's not get carried away. I mean, if there's anything I could do to give you guys a handicap, I would. Honestly. <laughs> we can put a uh, time limit for how much you can talk. <laughs> like the, the Eddie Murphy movie or whatever, 100 words yeah. or 1,000 words. Uh, with that, we're we're going to start off with kind of opening statements for each movie. Uh, Camilla, why don't you decide who goes first? You can choose yourself, okay. or you can pick either Andrew or I to uh, start off. I'll, I'll pick Andrew. Okay. Here we go. I'm so ready for it. Okay. All right. So today, if you're sitting in my classroom, I am going to educate the audience on why The Dark Knight is mathematically the best Christopher Nolan movement movie from a point of audience appeal, from a point of the creative side as well, and from the point of uh, financial box office success. So I have a table broken down here um, that I can probably share when we when we cut and edit this into a, a TikTok. But the the Dark Knight stands atop the revenue pile with one billion dollars earned. Uh, Inception only making eight hundred seventy million, and Interstellar making oh seven hundred seventy three million. Um, I'm actually also going to prove how the ranking specifically goes: the Dark Knight, then Inception, then Interstellar. Sorry, Camilla. Um, <laughs> But then as we move over to awards, this is the area that gets a little bit tricky. Both The Dark Knight and Inception had eight Oscar nominations, and Inception had four, while The Dark Knight had two wins. So I'm going to credit this to the fact that The Dark Knight is a comic book movie. They're obviously fighting a huge uphill battle. Um, they, The movie, in your mind, what you think The Dark Knight got nominated for just cross that out because it didn't get nominated for best original screenplay or I'm sorry it didn't get it didn't get nominated for anything with writing and it didn't get nominated for uh, best original score either um, I, I it's fair it's fair for them to lose cinematography but they're competing against Slumdog Millionaire that year and Slumdog Millionaire had a hell of a run at the the Oscars that year so it was a very competitive year but Inception did have a, a competitive year too a lot of good movies came out in 2011 um, but so they they made a little bit few they made a few less Oscar wins, but they still managed to win two Oscar wins as a comic book movie, which is really unheard of at this time period. The Oscars at the time were at 2009, the movie came out in 2008, um, and a posthumous award for uh, Best Supporting Actor for Heath Ledger, which rest in peace, one of the greatest actors of all time. Um, and then when it comes down to IMDb score, The Dark Knight has the highest placement of the movies in the in the IMDb Top 100, it has the highest score, and it even has more ratings. So there's more people mathematically saying that this is a better movie than the other two movies. The Dark Knight has a 9.0 with 2.8 million people rating it, coming in third place all time on the IMDb Top 100. Inception has an 8.8, .8, slightly below, but a big difference in terms of IMDb overall, with 2.5 million ratings, and all the way down to 14th place in all time, which what an impressive director. They're acting the third place, 100, and 14th place. And Interstellar drops all the way down, only with a 0.1 difference from Inception to an, an 8.7. But it only has 2 million ratings, and that drops it down to 24th place in all time. So there you go. Revenue, awards, arguable, and IMDb clears 
The Dark Knight as the best movie. Also, we've got, which I'll get into later, some of the most iconic performances of all time. Personally, in my opinion, the best cast Nolan has worked with up until Oppenheimer. Um, it has amazing cinematography from Wally Pfister, and they were doing groundbreaking stuff at the time. They were pushing comic book movies into being serious, and they really changed the, the genre and the medium in that area. And they also were using one of four IMAX cameras in existence at the time of filming that movie. They actually destroyed one in the car scene. So only four IMAX cameras in the world. They're really breaking new ground on the technological front, too. So I think that you can safely say that this is arguably the best movie of all time. For me, my personal favorite movie. Well, thank goodness you had the IP of Batman really helping you out on that one. <laughs> so you're saying Batman makes the movie better? Thanks. I mean, no, I'm uh, saying that Batman is not original as much as Interstellar or Inception. So the fact that this came so close in box office, both of our movies really, and in ratings, and it was original, I think that kind of gives us the edge would you because you had decades. Would you call $130 million close? Because like how close are you yeah. to $130 million? That's, that's pretty close when you're talking about a billion dollars. Mm, I don't that, know. $130 million sounds like a lot of money to me. All right, Camilla, do you want to go next or you want me to go? Also, so, by the way, when we're talking about money, I'm so sorry. When we're talking about money, we're also looking at 2008 versus 2011, 2014. So there's, it's, it's a couple years difference in terms of uh, finances, which makes the inflation makes it harder to earn that money. Just saying. <laughs> All right, Camilla. Do you want to go next, or you want me to go next? You, you go. All right. Go after. She wants to see the field. Yeah. I'm going to argue this movie as you said technical and numbers. I'm going to say this is the most complete Nolan film. We normally rate and rank our movies with six different categories, and I think out of these three movies, this is Nolan's complete film in each of those categories. The story is by far superior to The Dark Knight, it's way more complicated. Um, and again, original idea. That's, I feel like that's a big point for both of Camilla and I's movies, Interception or <laughs> Interstellar and Inception. I feel like original and, and more complicated are cool for the movie and they're pros. But I didn't interrupt like you when you were talking for your opening. So okay. Well, probably because you didn't have any counterpoints, but that's... You can oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> This movie also spans across multiple genres. Um, this was actually something that Justin was really harping about, how this film is a sci-fi, it's a thriller, it's a drama, romance, action. It's got everything all in one. And it has a bigger cast than both of the other two movies that this film is going against today in this debate. And Nolan did such a good job of balancing each character in The Dark Knight was heavily carried by one actor and so was Interstellar. Uh, this one was well balanced across the field with Leonardo DiCaprio leading the way, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt following him up perfectly. We have Elliot Page, who at the time was Ellen Page, Tom Hardy. So the cast, Killian Murphy was in there as well. Michael King, we can just go on and on and on. And then let's talk about the special effects. They were mind blowing. They were incredible. This was Nolan's most stylistic film in terms of like breaking out of reality. 
you know, a lot of his other movies, even outside the three that we're talking about, are very grounded, which is something that I love about Nolan's movies. But in this movie, he was able to kind of expand on that. And I actually watched this movie today. And the whole time, even though they're dealing with these, like, fantastical elements of dreaming, it all still felt real, which I feel like is really hard to do. And the the effects were very, very well done. Um, cinematography, I think the lighting was very creative. The uh, camera movement as well. And then, of course, just like the practical effects that we got to see. You know, we're, I'm talking about the film itself. You're talking about the, the um, perception of the film. Both good arguments. But for me, I, I really want to like talk and dive into like what makes the film good. Not that like, oh, it brought in a lot of money, you know, because there's movies out there that made a hundred million dollars that are really good movies. Um, and let's see, what's the next point? Um, set design, character design. Um, again, I, I think kind of falls into the special effects. Everything looked really cool. The different um, puzzles and mazes that they created. Uh, and then the rewatchability for this, I think, is the highest out of all three of these movies. Um, I just want to say that on Ranker, uh, most rewatchable movies, how 119,000 filmgoers rank the top 770 most rewatchable movies. The Dark Knight came in at 29th place. Uh, actually, Inception comes in all the way at 327th mm. and Interstellar at 554th. So based on your point of rewatchability, I think I've got you there. Uh, Again, Brian. you interrupted me. During my opening statement, Dude, when neither I've, of us interrupted I've, you on your opening statement. I've got statement. five bullets of notes here of me not so, interrupting you. I can only do so much. So, um, But the rewatchability is so high because the com the story is so complex that every time you watch it, you get a new like nugget from the movie. It just keeps adding to the story every time that you see it. And I'm going to go ahead and stop there and let Camilla talk about Interstellar. I will say Interstellar had like that same thing where every time you watched it, you're like, well, every time you learn something new and you mm -hmm. do something new, which I thought was really cool. Um, so Interstellar is my favorite film. I don't know if you guys remember back in 2014 when you like watch the trailer and then you go to the theaters and you have like no idea what you're going to watch because of how um, simple like the trailer was. And yeah. you left that movie theaters like feeling so like happy and like. I was sad, but <laughs> but also just knowing, like, to me, I like left thinking, like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Um, I don't know if that happened for you guys, too. But <laughs> now, I think you have a good point about the, the trailers, because Nolan, like, like really incredible directors like Nolan and Fincher and Scorsese, like, they get involved with cutting their trailers and they cut them in a way to where you're excited to watch the movie. Usually with no really good music and you don't know. Yeah, because... Yeah. Like so, yeah, we always complain about spoilers in trailers and like yes. how it can ruin a movie experience. Yeah, we, <laughs> typically if we know that we're going to go watch a movie, we'll, we try to avoid the trailers. Right, me too. Uh, especially the second and or third trailer that comes out. Yes. That's where like there's normally too much. Right, like you, if you feel like you already know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the um, kind of going on a tangent, the Killers trailer. Oh, yeah. Such a good trailer. Yeah, it was Fincher, so good. Fincher cut it himself. Yeah, because it's... it. Like it didn't tell anything, right? <laughs> but it just got you really excited, and I don't need to know like what the whole plot is before I go into the movie, right? Yeah. You know, well, when you're a big director like Fincher and all like the people I named, like 
you have sway with the producers in the studio. You can say, I want this to be, whereas like a lot of these big studios like Marvel, they get to push the director aside and be like, no, I want the Hulk to be in the Ragnarok trailer because I want people to buy tickets to see the Hulk. Yeah. You know, rather than, and they undercut the surprise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so true. And because you're saying superhero movies rely on like the star power of, of the characters and not the quality of the movie, right? I'm saying that modern movies do. Mm. But this movie mm. is obviously an outlier in the superhero genre. Thor Ragnarok is nowhere close to the top 10 of the IMDb. Right, category. right. Why don't you continue <laughs> Interstellar? Um, also, like, I think it's so cool knowing that Interstellar didn't use any green screen. Um, so they were, whenever they were shooting in the spaceship, they were like had windows and they were using like, um, I think it was some um, frames and like in, in effects and camera as well to achieve that look. And I thought that was really cool. And that was before like virtual production and things like that were going on. Yeah. They use CGI to like create the black holes and things like that, but you try not to use it as much. Um, he's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this, is, I, I know we didn't really say it before we started, but like all three of these yeah. films are yeah. freaking Incredible. amazing, you know, like. <laughs> Andrew and I are kind of slatting each other's movies, but like they're all fantastic. <laughs> yes, he really hasn't done a truly bad movie. Yeah, yeah. I can't think. Of what's your What's your least favorite Nolan movie? Um, probably Dunkirk. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't really seen it. I wasn't really interested in it. Just, yeah, that was that was mine too. I I feel like the cinematography was, was way up here, <laughs> but then the story was way down here. Yeah, I feel like, like nothing happened. The movie was so focused on like what they call the triptych storytelling that it like forgot to like really engross you into the story. It was yeah. cool the way they did it, like the different yeah. Did the characters even have names? Like I'm not even sure. <laughs> Something British. Yeah. <laughs> um also like as a DP, um uh, I feel like when I watched that movie, I didn't even think about the cinematography, which I think is a good sign of a good DP when you're mm -hmm. not thinking about like the shots, the lighting mm -hmm. while you're watching the movie. And um this movie was shot by Hoyt Van Hoytema and he's known to be like the only one of the only DPs who can like handheld an IMAX camera because it's so heavy. Yeah, we talked about that on the show before. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a cool so trivia cool. fact for Interstellar. He's so right. awesome for that. He also like DP'd Nope, um, Oppenheimer, Dunkirk, Tenant, and things like that. Yeah, I think he's working with Nolan now pretty like more often yeah. In, yeah something none of us have mentioned probably because it's at like a an equal ish playing field is the music and score yeah. for all three of these movies Hans done by Zimmer. Hans Zimmer yes. equal. Um, <laughs> and yeah I mean unless you want to go ahead and admit that Inception's better no I so my movie's score is not just done by Hans Zimmer they used also a second composer a little known guy by the name of James Newton Howard to do the score for Bruce Wayne whereas Hans Zimmer did the score for Batman so you've got like the diverging personalities there are scores being done by two different iconic artists so that like these are legendary artists each of them like in their own right with like a filmography that would blow your mind and the two of them doing separate scores so that they feel individualized to those characters is so cool. Like that's another one of my favorite trivia facts of all time for movies, them both doing different scores. And the ending to this movie is like, in my opinion, the best ending to a movie of all time. And it's because of like the percussive, like drum beats at the end of the score that come in with that like amazing Jim Gordon speech. It's, it's such a good ending. Um, and, and it's largely in part because that music and the Joker has such a menacing score. I feel like Inception score is a little bit forgettable, but I feel like Interstellar score probably comes in second place on this because Interstellar has a really good score. I really do want to say that in Spotify, number one is Cornfield Chase for Hans Zimmer. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Just want to add that. It's the, the Dark Knight. None of the scores are even on there. Right. Wow. Oh, sad. <laughs> it's underappreciated. She got me on my own thing on my stats. <laughs> 
You haven't been doing your part. <laughs> okay, where do you guys want to go next? We've, we've concluded our opening statements. Right. Well, I have a bunch of questions to ask you based on your opening statement. And okay. I, have, I have one for Camille also. Go for it. Um, so, Aaron, for you, what do you mean by bigger cast? Bigger cast? Yeah. Uh, more, more main characters. I mean, I have... Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, but they all, all of those get overshadowed by the Joker and Heath so Ledger. They're all, they're all big presents. You always do this when we I, talk about the Dark Knight. But it's true. So, okay, because okay, when you're when just going to get loud to talk over me. So and me so are thing. you. <laughs> no, I, but I was in the middle of talking. So you, you always bring up so, how good Heath Ledger's performance is because I, I do think it's the best performance of all time in any movie at least that I've seen, um, you always bring it up as a negative, saying it's so good that it, that's that's not like a complaint about the movie. It's so good that it overshadowed other people. No, it's great, and the other performers are great too. He just gave one of the best performances of all time in cinema history. Like You can't continually bring that up as a knock on the movie. It's not a bad I didn't. I, I brought it up as a strength for Inception, saying that they balanced all of First the First of actors all, you also said characters. that like, none of the characters were like leagues above. Leonardo DiCaprio is the star of your movie, isn't leagues above of everyone else in the movie. Everyone did such a yeah, fantastic yeah. job. When was the yeah. last time you saw this he movie? He brought the same weight to that movie as uh, as Killian Murphy did, right? Like, no, like Leonardo DiCaprio put that movie on his back. I mean, Elliot Page is amazing, and it's probably like the the, the runner up there. But it's Leo. Like, it's the, it's the same thing as the argument you're making. It doesn't hurt your movie, but it doesn't hurt my movie either. Okay. So stop bringing it up as a negative. Okay. Heath Ledger is so good in that movie. It's, it doesn't deserve to be like tarnishing the movie. Yeah, but th th I'm, I'm just saying that this is about multiple people. Yours is about kind of two. All three movies have big casts. Yes, but carried more so by one person for your two movies. Matthew McConaughey, Heath Ledger, Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, <laughs> it's all the same shit. Okay. okay. <laughs> What's your other question? Um... The other one was how did Leo not carry the movie, but we answered that. And then um, I wanted to point out that you uh, brought up a point from Justin, so you needed help for your argument. That's not a question. I just wanted to say that. What? Um, you said how Justin was making a point that there's lots of different genres in the movies, but there's lots. Yeah, of different because I talked to my friends. You haven't talked to anyone about the Dark Knight before. A friend. I mean, I didn't. I didn't need help because I know my movie. Yeah. So you've never talked to anyone but about also, the Dark my Knight. Movie, my movie has all plenty of genres as well. Uh, so mm. there's oh, like what? Action, drama, romance, comedy, like. Uh, does it have romance yes. or comedy? There's romance between, there's a, literally a love triangle. And com, there's comedy, that whole scene where they're driving in the giant uh, car where they're transporting who they think is Batman and it's two, and not Two-Face, but at, at the time, uh, Aaron Eckhart's character, they're, they're transporting him. That guy's all making cheesy one-liner jokes. Like, oh, we're sitting ducks down. Like, it's all jokes. No, then jokes. So, like, one, like, push-off guy who's, like, barely in the movie at all. That, that makes it a comedy Genre it hits the comedy genre just as much as Inception does. There's a bunch of jokes. There's jokes between uh, Bruce and Alfred. He's like, "Oh, I suppose you're gonna uh, like let me go down for this." And he's like, "I'm gonna tell them it was all your idea." Like, there's a bunch of one-off jokes. It's, that's how Nolan's comedy is in his movies. It's like not as pronounced as Step Brothers, but it's the same amount of comedy that's in the other two movies. Okay. What was your next question? Uh, I also want to say that financial success and ratings are proven indicators of how well a movie performs based on how the general audience perceives it, because you tried to knock those points saying, oh, there's movies that are made on $10 million that are so good. But Yeah, but part of what makes a movie great is also subjective. 
You know, like a movie isn't all just stats. Yeah, it's not like a football fair. player, you that's know, fair. like, but like my, it's, but more, it's are, more than just the revenue that it brought these in. Stats are insanely valuable. You've got 2.8 million you know, like, people saying it's a great movie. Yeah, but like our podcast has 23 views. Does that mean our podcast is bad? No, but you can't like refute it with a negative. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if our podcast had 20 million views, that would mean it's good. It's just because like the reverse isn't true doesn't mean that the like opposite logic applies. That's like a logical fallacy. It has a name. I just don't remember what it is. Okay. Any other questions? I wanted to ask you about something I thought of when you're talking about your movie. Um, you said the ending of the movie makes you cry. So like, like I said, I think that The Dark Knight has the best movie ending in history. It's like optimistic. It's hopeful. It has sacrifice. Um, and like it gets me amped up. Like I've talked about before on the show, I listened to the ending of the scene, the Jim Gordon speech, like... I've li I listened to it like my first day of high school, like when I was a kid, like when I was like needed to like feel inspired. I listened to that. I love it so much. But I feel like the ending of Interstellar like upsets me because I feel like he's worked so hard for something to like get back um, to his daughter. And then he abandons it in favor of chasing after Anne Hathaway, which to me doesn't make sense, right. um, which I don't want to complain about Nolan's writing. But um, it doesn't make the most sense to me as through his journey so far. I get that it, it makes sense in, this, in, in the idea that like his main thing is being an explorer and he's always wanted to go out into the stars, but I feel like he's like a crap dad and that upsets me. <laughs> right. So like, I, I feel like I love the ending to the dark Knight so much. I wanted to give, like, I wanted you to tell me what's so good about the interstellar ending. Maybe I can like see it in a new light. Right. I think more of like the ending when, when he finally sees his daughter, I think that's what I was talking about, but but yeah, I, I and do after agree. that, it's like, and it's like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do agree with you. I remember thinking like, wait, what? Why is he leaving his daughter? And like, he just they finally got together, and that's what we've been waiting for this whole time. That scene when he's like watching them age on the video camera that it's like is the, the most inspired scene. acting. Yeah. It's like the best scene in the movie. He's crying like you want to cry with him. Right. You're like, man, it must be like imagining yourself in those shoes, watching your loved ones grow up without you. But then like when he finally gets to her, it's like he's like peace. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, that I I just watched an interview about that scene, and that was the first take that they did, and it was his live reaction to what they were saying on those like recordings. Yeah. I just saw a video of Timmy Timmy Chalamet talking about it too, and he was like, he was saying, I thought my role in the movie was so much bigger because he's like young then. Uh -huh. I don't know how old 14. he was. Like, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, he's young. He, or he was playing a fifteen year old, yeah. I think. So yeah. he's super young. Um, and like he said, when he was filming it, like it just felt so big, like you're on a big set. He's probably doing like a couple takes, like you yeah. don't know how much is going to get edited into the movie. And he's like, he's like, yeah, and then I'm watching that scene and I'm like, he's like, it's great because it's like the best acting. It's the best scene in the whole movie. But I'm like, when are they going to cut to me? And they, they, <laughs> and they like never do. <laughs> but he's like, but then he's, but then he's like, of course they don't. Like they shouldn't have cut off McConaughey right. in that scene. Like, yeah. But um, I have some like category based things you want to go into. I'm. Not read, I can't read from here. My vision's not that good, but I see you have some categories too. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we can just get cinematography over with. Um, at least for me, I feel like it's like the the where I have the least argument against you guys. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I, I think Interstellar is pretty close to Inception. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I talked about the practical effects, and then you also did how they didn't use any green screen, which is right. pretty amazing since they're in space. Right. You know, like, how do you even do that? And yeah. he, he, no one just finds a way to like do these things that no one else is doing when they just kind of rely on special effects and CGI and stuff. The which, practical effects are so cool. Like yeah. the giant hallway for you, for my movie, it's flipping the truck. Mm -hmm. Like he completely flipped that semi truck. So awesome. And like yeah. Yeah. The, the so much work, so much stuff for Interstellar, like the practical ships and, and 
Tars, I think his name yeah. is, right? Um, driving <laughs> through the cornfield that really did all of that. Like, it's so cool. I do love that scene where, like, the, the school bus with... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, the, so and that's also <laughs> best movie opening, best movie ending, best performance by a supporting actor of all time. Like... <laughs> Is this best score? Like, is this not like just the best movie of all time? Best picture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was the best movie of the year. <laughs> Lost the Slumdog Millionaire, but I think that the consensus since then would be that The Dark Knight's a better movie because Slumdog Millionaire is not in the IMDb top ten. I'll keep going back to that. Um, <laughs> but don't. But do you, can you guys name a better movie opening than The Dark Knight? Even if you like, step out of your the argument for a second and just be objective. This is the best movie opening ever. That bank heist. Oh yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I'm. It's a, it's all it right. really good. <laughs> it's cool. But he's just standing on the side of the road in his may Joker makeup. It just doesn't. He picks the weirdest. It just thing. doesn't make any sense. Every you know, like he watches this movie. He literally only sees the Joker for one thing. So that's all he ever talks about. And he only because the the uh, it, Christian Bale's performance wasn't that good as Batman. It is good. But it's it Christian isn't. Bale. I know. Just because he's a good actor doesn't mean that he's the best Batman. Or, also, or does the best job as Batman. I think he was also in Vice that same year and, like, won an Oscar for Best Actor in Vice. Like, in a different movie. He's like, so, like, he's, just, he's so, so good. So he was just half-assing it in Dark Knight. He was, did you see how jacked he was? He wasn't half-assing anything. He was so, so worried about working out. He forgot to act. Dude, you say these words to Christian Bale's face. I'd love to meet him. You're, <laughs> you, you would not be talking about him like this. Before we continue our debate on the best Nolan film, I want to take a moment and thank the audience for watching. Your support is very much appreciated. Make sure you vote down below. Uh, who do you think is arguing their movie the best and which movie of these three is Nolan's best movie? Andrew, I think you had a question for us. Okay, so I wanted to ask you guys now that we're like pretty deep into the debate. Um, how prepared did you feel overall like before we started going into this? And then how, and then like, do you, f how prepared do you feel now? Cause I feel like, I feel like I felt really prepared, but we planned this like weeks ago. So I was Months like, ago. I was really prepared then. And then I was, a long time ago. I was really prepared then. Then I was kind of nervous today. Cause I was like, Oh, I haven't looked at these notes in like Same. a couple of weeks. Um, but I know, I, I do know the movie pretty well. Like this is right. the movie I've seen the most in my whole life for sure. Um, I felt decently prepared. Um, debates are always tricky, especially because we didn't have a lot of like rules or anything or guidelines on this debate. It was very broad. So it, it was kind of hard to coming up with like, all right, which points do we really want to talk about? But I just watched the movie today. So I felt prepared in, in that sense, in terms of like my appreciation and excitement for the movie. Mm -hmm. um, when was the last time you watched The Dark Knight? I know you said it's the most that you've seen. I've watched it in the last three months for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then how did you feel going into the debate? Yeah, I think I felt prepared, but just like you said, like I had notes, so I had to look back at my notes. Yeah. Um, and then my my close friend just came over last week and I showed her the film and she hates space movies and she loved it. So that made nice. me feel really good. It's always <laughs> nice. Like I like don't really like Westerns, but I love Django Unchained. So it's yeah, like when great. a movie is so good, it can like break the genre. Yeah, exactly. Um, what if we uh, talk about the story a little bit? And I'm going to kind of tee you up here, Camilla. Both Andrew and I, as I'd say, is a little bit more action, a little bit more higher packed movies than Interstellar. Mm -hmm. um, to me, I found Interstellar maybe longer than it needed to be. I think it took a long time for things to actually develop. Um, 
Do you want to talk about the story a little bit and yeah. maybe try to convince me and the audience that it okay. was good? Um, so I haven't seen Inception in a long time, but I do feel like Interstellar, what it has, like those movies don't have, is like that focus on the father and daughter relationship and like the idea that like love can transcend time mm-hmm. and dimensions. And I think that is like the main story of like this whole movie. And I feel like I don't really see that in Inception or <laughs> Dark Knight. Um, but yeah. I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to counter that actually, because love is transcending different dimensions in Inception because he's going through multiple dream layers where Maul, his wife is like, kind of infiltrating the dreams and and interrupting things and then we get all those we get the two big emotional scenes one in the the elevator scene when um Mm -hmm. elliot page's character comes down and kind of intrudes on him when he's dreaming and we we kind of get to see like the turmoil that he's going through and then we get to see kind of it all be wrapped up in the end the ending where they talk about being in the um, the void, the, the lost space, what they call it, the, the dream space. Um, but love is literally going through these different layers of dreams and his wife isn't even alive anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, uh, I, I think it's very similar but different. Well, I think that your version of it um, is like a, darker more twisted like i think what camilla's saying is like pure like a more pure form of love is displayed and i don't think that's really i can't think of like another nolan movie where it's portrayed like it is in interstellar because it's not really like i mean Cobb has his kids and he has his wife mm. but his wife is like had her her mind's been demented right and his kids are only in the last shot of the by movie. him accidentally yeah as well that's, that's what i mean like it's yeah. complete it's like a very different perspective whereas mm. like I feel like Interstellar is a little bit more uh, hopeful, I guess, his journey back to his daughter. More positive. Yeah. One's not worse than the other. I mean, I like right, dark right. dark stuff as much as the next guy. Yeah. But it is unique to Nolan's filmography. Yeah. yeah. And then Inception, you said, too, is unique. What about yours in the, the emotional part of the movie? In the emotional part of the movie? I feel like The Dark Knight is really unique because it's exploring somebody being pulled in, into two different personalities and he's basically choosing between the city he loves his legacy but how and, is that unique it's, you, it's also in two other of his movies well the story of batman as a whole contains like the same story yeah. but this movie really focuses on like batman being pulled between those two lives like the batman and ben affleck's batman isn't about like how much he wants to just live a normal life this is unique to the other batman movies because he wants to be with rachel but being with her means sacrificing like his parents legacy and what everything that he's been that's been driving him since he was a child so he's like yeah literally being torn in two in a way Batman isn't in the other movies. Even if that's like a part of a stu- superhero storyline, this is like unique to this Batman story. No, that was a good way to put it. I think that it's it's displayed in such a cool way in this movie. Like the uh, beyond like the emotional core of the movie, like Batman versus the Joker is like chaos versus justice. Like he says, like it's when an unstoppable object meets an immovable object, like mm-hmm. or an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Like it's such such a cool story seeing them go to head to head with two heavyweight actors portraying them and like you can't say that the the 
interrogation scene in The Dark Knight isn't one of the best movie scenes of all time. Like, it's cemented itself in movie history. This movie is like, the plot is so good that this movie is like iconography. Like, kids dress up to be Batman and the Joker. Like, who, like who's dressing up as Cobb? Like, yeah, I, I mean, who's dressing up as Murph? You know, like, no, like nobody. Right. <laughs> Again, I don't think that's necessarily like just the movie. That's also just like the superhero character itself. You know, like people are dressing up as all different kinds of superheroes. You know, even if they don't have a Nolan quality film behind them. You know what I mean? But going back to the kind of the emotional weight of the movie, I, I see where you're saying like he he has that emotional like kind of tear between the two personalities. But I will say, watching Inception today. I really felt emotional myself while I was watching it. Uh, I also felt that impact when I was watching Interstellar. So you don't feel emotional at the end scene of The Dark Knight when, like, Two-Face is... Not where, like, not, not, I, I feel like the weight of the movie, but, like, not to where it's like, oh, man, like, that's, that really hit me, you know? Like, I, I don't feel it as strong as the other two movies. Not to say that it's not emotional, Dude, but... it's so, like, it gets me when, to, at least, when Two-Face is, like, like lie to her lie how i lied like how he had to like be on the phone with the person he yeah. loved being tormented by the joker as she was blown to pieces and his mm -hmm. the guilty faces like i let that murdering psychopath blow her or blow, blow him half to hell that's like batman's guilt and then two faces guilt towards rachel like about not protecting her like like i said there's a love triangle that's like the emotional yeah. core of the movie and one of them is forced to be the hero one of them is forced to make the ultimate sacrifice and one of them is forced to become the villain and it's like all the routes that Batman could face, that a hero can face. Like, Rachel takes one of the roles, Harvey takes one, and Bruce takes one. And, like, Jim Gordon's family being on the line at the end of the movie, like, the the stakes are really high. Like, I, I feel like it's emotional. I don't know. That's just me. I feel like audience reson audiences resonated with the emotionality of The Dark Knight. Like, an emotional core to a superhero movie that wasn't just, like, Co comedy action or like big laughs like the end of this is a drama the end of this is like life or death sakes and yeah. I feel like audiences really resonated with like a darker tone and I feel like that's because of the emotionality like it's like the Joker's trying to force he's trying to like corrupt the soul of Gotham like people always say in the movie like those two ships he's trying to get to blow each other up and like we see hope in the end of that movie like the hope that we're better than like our baser instincts like it's it's really a sh I don't know it's it's cool as hell yeah yeah good points good points what did you think of when maggie gyllenhaal replaced katie holmes um i don't really have anything against um katie holmes i feel like people said like she was really wooden i mean i thought she was fine i yeah. I, I mean the first time i was watching the batman begins i was what like seven or something so i mean i wasn't super critical and so that's like where my base opinions were formed <laughs> so it's hard it, um, but i i think that uh, maggie gyllenhaal did a better job i mean i like her a lot i mean she's she has a lot more spunk and a lot more um like vibrancy to the character like that opening where she's talking to harvey and she's like she's like you're gotham's da if you're not getting shot you're not doing your job right like she has no mm -hmm. that's her boyfriend she's watched him attempted murder and she's like laughing it off like that's a the, her character is very strong she's like leaving bruce to to make the decision to be with harvey like i think she really rounds out the character in that movie everybody does such a good job i mean morgan freeman as lucius fox is so good gary oldman always is like legendary and like it's beyond that final speech it's the whole movie like his character is willing to sacrifice like his personal life and to try and protect his family he like fakes his own death like the, right. the characters are also committed to their roles in gotham and the actors are so committed to their roles in the dark knight and i feel like 
everybody is so good in this. Like they're firing on all cylinders. Are they? I don't know. I feel like this cast is the best of the three. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I, I just love Christian Bale though. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to debate this because <laughs> you don't want to knock any of these other. Yeah, all, all of all of every move or every aspect of all three of these movies are really good. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I feel like they all have areas where they they could edge out the other, but I feel like the Dark Knight has the most areas where it edges out. How so? Outside of ratings and stats and stuff, but strictly the movie itself. I would say best story, best acting, best sound design, and best rewatchability. Based on our categories, that's what I'd... I do feel like it's hard to say best story because it's the Batman, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, so the story to this one is... What I really like about this, Aaron said... I don't think it's no one's best story. Aaron Aaron said that... (laughs) He's like, and now go. Um, Aaron said that Inception is like the most Nolan movie. But I think that Nolan's writing is at its best, and particularly in this movie when he's writing with his partner, his brother, Jonathan Nolan. And the this movie actually has three writers, The Dark Knight. It's David S. Goyer, Jonathan Nolan, and Chris Nolan. And I think like those extra hands really help like solidify this movie because there's not a piece of bad, misplaced dialogue in this movie, and the edit is so good I mean, this movie really should have won Best Editing, but it lost to Slumdog Millionaire. I mean, I feel like you're arguing points of why Inception has the edge over The Dark Knight, that he didn't need the help of other writers to make this, because we're arguing Best Nolan Film, and he had more of a hand in this film than he did yours. So say we're arguing Best Nolan Film, right? Which one of Nolan's films is the best? No matter to what degree other people helped him, if they helped him make the movie better, it's a better Nolan movie. I see where you're going, but my <laughs> chair is caught on the like, cord. All right, we're good. I mean, it's not a matter of him needing help. Do you think no one ever needs help? Do you think Hans Zimmer needed help with this score? They recognized other people's talents and used them to make the movie better. Yeah. Camilla, what do you think? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think because like, The Dark Knight is my second favorite movie. <laughs> So it's hard to debate. So if we all had to vote, and we agree, <laughs> I'd vote Dark Knight. If we all had to vote for a movie that's not ours, I, I would vote okay. for Un- Inception, unfortunately, after you wow. just picked mine. <laughs> Aaron, who would you pick other than yours? The Dark Knight. So then I have two votes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that <laughs> works. <laughs> Why not? If they were all equally loved, then we would each pick the movie of the person to our right, but we didn't. Not really. <laughs> Okay. Um, Yeah, Interstellar for me is a little bit lower on my Nolan list. What? Um, Why? It's it's kind of the story. I I feel like it just takes a little bit long to develop, and that there's parts in there that just don't necessarily need to be in there. I think the ending would have been more impactful if it did end with him kind of behind the bookcase and stuff. I do feel Um, like when I watch this movie and, and your movie. I, or actually, no, I think both of our movies, I felt like at the end, like, I was thinking, like, how did they write this movie? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, what? Yeah, it's crazy. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's a lot more technically challenging to write your two movies in terms of sequencing and, like, how complicated they are. Right. The Dark Knight, it would have been easier to write in terms of, like, the storyline being linear. Right. But it's hard to write such incredible dialogue also. So I, right. I think the, that the, the Dark Knight, really the Dark Knight's good. also like heavily based on a lot of other influences. One, mm-hmm. the comic books, but then also Heat and the Long Halloween. Like it's it's taking a lot of pieces from 
other puzzles, you know, and kind of putting it all together. It does a really good job at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that is a, like, it, it helps kind of cultivate everything together when there's already all these ideas again, out there. Again, I'm saying, no, but then, I'm like, say, re- repeat, no matter what helped him make the movie, if like a magic bunny came down from yeah, the but sky like, and helped him make the movie, something being more original, something being more original goes into it being a, like a better movie like it's but half the time i feel like what you're saying is like yeah the dark knight's better but he had but these things made it help i didn't Heath say Ledger that the dark, make it better the, and then the dark jonathan nolan helped make it better but it's better no <laughs> i feel like you're you're twisting my words to be on your side of the argument which good for you but that's that's not what i'm saying i'm saying like because it had all this like other sources like it takes a few points off of in your book, but I just don't really understand why. Like, do you take points off when you watch Sherlock Holmes because Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote a book about it? We're we're not comparing Sherlock Holmes, but if we were comparing it to two other originals, I feel like I would give the edge in that aspect to the to the originals, depending on like what we're arguing. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of I mean, like hard to. You're also like really compare. I mean, everything is inspired by something at this point, and to say it's inspired by Heat and The Long Halloween when those two things actually have like completely different stories to the dark knight i mean i don't think it takes anything away from the movie they're they're completely different stories even it's it's a retelling of other stories but other stories that are directly associated to to your characters i mean i feel like we're getting bogged down on this point but we just we just disagree (laughs) fair enough (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get into a lot of repeating ourselves but i i want to hear like i feel like i've talked a lot (laughs) <laughs> so I want to hear more about what what you guys think specifically puts your movies over the Dark Knight. Um, I feel like we've already kind of talked about the that. The story, right? Yeah, I'd, like I'd say the story, the visual effects, the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, you kind of just said the same thing back to back. <laughs> what? No, no, you're good. What do you mean back to back? You asked the same question that we've already talked about. How did I say it back to back? Well, you said visual effects, which fits into cinematography, but. Well, it does in our like ranking system, but it is like its own like subcategory, you know, like I think the the lighting and the the composition and the camera movement stuff is uh, very grounded in the dark night. The color palette's very dull, but in Inception and Interstellar, it's a lot more dynamic. It's it's more pleasing to the eye, but then also like you guys are heavy on on uh, practical effects, but then Interception both has practical effects and visual effects that really elevate the story. You said Interception. Interception. <laughs> Keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> their their names are too similar for me. <laughs> well, me personally, I've made all my points for The Dark Knight. I'm ready to let the audience decide. I don't know if you guys want any closing remarks for your movies. No, I think uh, what I just said will be my closing marks. Camilla, do you have anything else to add? If you haven't seen Interstellar, you should go watch it and then decide. (laughs) (laughs) What Aaron talked about, Interstellar does have the longest runtime. Me and his movies are both around 230 minutes and yours is two hours, 50 minutes. Um, I feel like that's kind of where the movie falls behind for me, too. Why I said I would have picked Interstellar over, or why I said I would have picked Inception over Interstellar is because... uh, Interstellar just has a little bit more of screen time where I feel like they just didn't pack enough stuff in there. But the surprise Matt Damon cameo is amazing. I love Matt Damon to death. He also 
He should have named Oppenheimer Inpenheimer because then he would have three movies that start with I am. <laughs> He's not done, so maybe he will have another one. It'll be his in trilogy. Hopefully he never quits. Hopefully they put his brain into a robot and he just keeps making it. A robot. I don't know if I'd want a Nolan robot film, would you? I mean if his brain it would be like an android if his brain's in it. <laughs> Going into the AI conversation now. And uh and then all the directors are going to go on strike if they're having to work against an AI. Uh... Intelligence wouldn't be artificial. The body would be artificial because his brain would be. I see. So you're taking like his actual brain into yes. this robot. Yeah. I see what you're saying. That'd be crazy. Yeah, that'd be crazy. And possibly possible. Huh? Sounds like something he'd make a movie about, honestly. That'd be cool. Nolan, your next idea. <laughs> All right, well, this has been a lot of fun. We really appreciate you coming onto the show, Camilla. Some, Thank you. Somebody needed to argue for Interstellar. It needed to be said. It's definitely one of. No matter how much I trash both of you guys' movies, all of his movies, I think, belong in... Mm, most of his movies belong in the top top yeah. 100, top 50 movies of all time. He's a really incredible director. I'll have the chance to get to sit down and talk about it because I love him and his movies to death. Um, I want to thank the audience, especially anyone who's made it this far to like the 50-minute or so mark with us. Um, we Make sure, again, to comment and let us know who you think won this debate. Comment and let us know what your favorite Chris Nolan movie is. Even if it's not one of the three that we discussed here, let us know why we're wrong. We love to mix it up and argue in the comments. And you can comment on multiple platforms to leave multiple votes for the uh, whatever your pick is to vote for. So definitely make sure to leave a bunch of votes on every platform that we're on for The Dark Knight. We're on pretty much everywhere. We're on Instagram, we're on uh, YouTube, TikTok. Um, we're do a Spotify poll, we're on threads, we're on Twitter, we're everywhere. So make sure to rate, follow, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Reviews help us out a ton. Make sure to share us with friends and family. And, and that's a wrap. wrap.